This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Those that are watching on social media, welcome or listening for shortwave program, welcome. We need today, more than ever in America, because the battle in the enemies of God and His church are more numerous, serious, vicious and deadly, the river of life. Without drinking constantly from the river of life, you will compromise, run, hide, and fail. Death is certain. My message today is drinking from the river of life. Drinking from the river of life. Or get in the flow of the river of life. Ezekiel chapter 47 describes a river that flows from the throne of God. It begins as a small stream, only ankle deep. Within a length of only two miles, it becomes a mighty torrential flood that is so deep and wide it cannot be crossed. This is a powerful illustration of the power and anointing that flows from God's throne. When we begin to move in the power, His power, He will allow us a measure of anointing. It is expressed as water up to the ankles, and that is where many of us find ourselves, wading in the shallow end of the river of God's power. Again, I'm speaking from our conference room here at World Ministries International with our staff for prayer, which we'll go into right after this message. Point number one, how the anointing increases. How the anointing increases. So we move into deeper waters, deeper anointing, which is greater responsibility. How do we move deeper waters? How the anointing increases? When we do, we have greater responsibility. Now the water rises to our knees, then to our loins. Walking in that river is much more difficult. It requires a greater strength, a greater effort. Those who move to this level soon find they cannot continue unless the effort becomes less. They need help. If you've ever tried to cross a river, first you get in your feet, your ankles, your loins, your waist. Pretty soon, if it's moving, 
it will wash you away unless you have some help. It says, then the river water rises until they can no longer swim. Now again, our text I mentioned was from Ezekiel chapter 47. It describes again, water to the ankles, to the knees, to the waist, water that starts off as a slow stream, all of a sudden becoming deep and rushing and wide. That's what we want to do with the Lord. The water rises until we can no longer swim. The only solution is to allow the flow of river to carry you along. Those who move to this level soon find they cannot continue unless the effort becomes, again, less. They can't fight the current. We can't fight God's power. The only solution is to allow the river carry us. It happens when we jump into the full flow of the Holy Ghost in our ministries. Then it becomes effortless. If we try to just play around with it, it doesn't work very well. You surrender to the power of the river, to the power and anointing of God as you jump into the full flow of God, the full flow of the Holy Ghost. And you realize that He is the one giving you the ability to expand his kingdom. You can't expand it on your own. If you just play with the Holy Ghost, you can't expand his kingdom. You don't have enough power inside of you, not enough authority, not enough, if we want to use the word river. You don't have that authority, that power, when you just get your feet wet. You have to plunge in. You have to go into it with all of your heart, all of your might, all of your soul. When you realize that he is the one who gives you the ability to expand his kingdom, his power, the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, go tarry. Go tarry for my power. You can't do it on your own, he said. You can't represent me. There's nothing you can give, nothing you can say. There's no power, no authority. You have empty words. The scribes and Pharisees had empty words. They had no power, no authority. You are empowered by your surrender. The cross life has given you a crown life and you enter into your ability to have dominion and walk in the government of God as you surrender your will, as you surrender your life. Full surrender, Watchman Nee would call it. Full obedience. Point number two. How is God, God's rule, being restored to the church. How is it being restored to the church? We'd mentioned that you are empowered by your surrender. As we surrender our life, we are the ones that get in the way of the Holy Spirit. I used myself as an example many, many times. In the past, my pride stopped the flow, the flow of the Holy Spirit in my life. I didn't move in the supernatural, and neither do you. We must get our pride out of the way. For me, I had to forgive somebody I hated for five years for a real criminal crime he had committed against a member of my family. But yet, if I did not forgive, God could not forgive me. The Holy Spirit could not move in me. I'm just the scribe and Pharisees. Speaking words that I can't live by. Speaking words I don't totally understand. 
until Jesus becomes the Christ in my life. His government is being restored in power is the order of his kingdom being embraced. So when we embrace his kingdom, then his power can come into our life. We must get out of the way. For too long, we have played with the things of God in church. We have just scratched the surface of what God can do and what God is willing to do. As charismatics, we were captivated with a presence and power of the Holy Spirit. But we played with the power at the expense of our surrender. We were children in the things of God. We should have been warriors in the battle against darkness. How many people, when they accepted Christ, started playing with the Holy Spirit, but not surrendering their total life? Speaking in tongues is not surrendering your total life. You're playing with the Holy Spirit if you, unless you go deeper. People are, and we should be happy when we receive tongues, but we must go a lot deeper than tongues. Tongues doesn't make you no warrior because you're pathetically weak. It's for your own edification, but it doesn't make you a war. When we continue to see people enter the kingdom, we will see that as we continue to flow in the river. A people, as people accept Jesus and are baptized in water in the Holy Ghost, they too will go through childhood experiences. But those who are mature, those who have been in the river of God's power, understand it's not something to be toyed with. It is a transforming reality of God at work, restoring his image and delegating his authority to those who will surrender their will. If the church is going to experience the full release of God's power, it will only come in the way it came to Jesus. There must be a complete surrender. Personal agendas have to be set aside and people have to commit themselves to living the will of God. Many people come to Christ, but they want it on their terms. I will serve you, but I will do it my way. Well, there's a saying in America, no way, Jose. And I think that's what God tells you. You can say all you want, but it's my way, not your way. People insist on their way and they don't get their prayers answers. They insist on their way and things go from bad to worse. They insist on their way. Well, if you insist on your way too long, not only will you be chastised, chastised by God, but you'll be rejected by God. It's calling grieving the Holy Spirit too many times, and you don't even feel conviction anymore. People that mock God say, I can do what I want. I don't care what God says. I don't care what you say. I don't care what the pastor says. I will do what I want. Personal agendas have to be set aside and people have to commit themselves to living in the will of God. Now that's hard because it means we must humble ourselves and accept God's will. We must be willing to decrease so he can increase. It's difficult because we always want to go higher, to do more, to have greater ministry. We can, but not unless we walk in total surrender to his will. People want sometimes in ministry to be elevated. They think that getting a bigger church is the key to stardom, to success. Maybe God's success in your life is not getting a bigger church. Maybe it's going to the highways and byways. Maybe it's going to the farthest corners of the world. Maybe it's going into the slums of India. Maybe that's success for you. Can you surrender your life and do his will? Not doing it your way. The entrepreneur, the businessman, 
who wants the biggest church or the biggest ministry name. Usually, those people aren't too effective in the kingdom of God. They might have a lot of people because they preach sermons to pamper your your pride, but maybe they don't teach warriors how to come against the powers of darkness that destroy a nation. Maybe all they do is, again, pamper your selfish will that is part of destroying a nation because you run, you hide. You're not bold. You're not strong. you, You don't have a lot of faith. You have a lot of pride. You must accept the cross life and die to self if you want to flow in the river. John 12, 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. How do we bear fruit? By dying to self, by really surrendering all, by going in to God's power into his river more than our toes. We must go all the way in, to the knees, to the loins. We must be taken with the current, like Ezekiel and the whirlwind. Just allow God to take you. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, no matter where he takes you, if he takes you all through the nations. Or if he takes you just to your next door neighbor. Three, how does the kingdom expand? How do you bear fruit? This is how the kingdom expands. When you die to self, God raises you up to bear fruit. And the life that is in you multiplies as it is extended to others. Jesus became a living spirit, a living life-giving spirit. And you are called to be delegates of his power. But partial obedience is not what God is looking for. He is looking for those whose hearts are completely loyal to him. 2 Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. God wants to show himself strong toward you and your ministry. Actually, he wants to show himself strong through you in ministry. But your loyalty must be unchallengeable. You must be totally surrendered to him and his will. Then you will see multiplication. Then you will see the abundant harvest you've been looking for. Unless you sow your life into the will of God, you will not see the fullness of your harvest. Even if it were to come, you would miss it because you would be looking outside of the will of God. There is a difference between partial obedience and ultimate obedience. Ultimate obedience goes all the way. And that is what Jesus did. He emptied himself of his own capacity as an equal in the Godhead and took on the role of eternal servanthood. Philippians 2.8 says he humbled himself, became obedient even unto the death of the cross. Ultimate obedience. Though he was equal with God, he embraced a role of subjection so that he could restore the government of God. Now the question is, who is going to become an extension of God's rule today? Where is God going to manifest his power? The greatest manifestations of God's rule and power will take place where people are most submitted to his will. Wherever his will is being done on earth, as it is done in heaven, there will be the expansion of God's kingdom and the multiplication of harvest. Wherever his will is being done, there will be the evidence of 
shalom, peace. Wherever people have sown their lives into the will of God and died to self, you will see much fruit, and the Father may be glorified. Point number four, at the end of your life, will you be excited to see Jesus? People say, oh, I can't wait to see Jesus. I bet a lot of people should wait because I think they're going to be totally embarrassed. In fact, I think a lot of people won't even see him at all. I've heard people, as they're dying, all of a sudden start screaming. They didn't see Jesus or the angels. I think they saw demons. Again, it's not mental ascent. A lot of Christians, quote, are going to see demons. They haven't surrendered their will. They've done it their way. They have a mental understanding of God. They have not been serving God. The Apostle Paul, in the closing days of his life, was able to look back and see that he had lived the cross life and was the victor. Can you say that? He could write with all confidence. 2 Timothy 4, 6-7. I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Can you say that up to this point? You can't. I think you better start. I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Watchman Nee kept the faith. Dietrich Bonhoeffer kept the faith. In the Fox's Book of Martyrs, many kept the faith. How many are keeping the faith today? How many don't even care what Scripture says anymore? How many people are standing up for absolute truth? Or at the National Day of Prayer, you're just going to pray for a democratic Marxist government that has every form of immorality and say, God bless this God ain't going to bless that government. He's going to judge that government. And he'll judge you if you pray that prayer. God let us repent of our sins is what should be spoken at the National Day of Prayer. Forgive us for alternate lifestyles. Forgive us for cheating in the election. There should be a lot of repentance, not God bless government that is totally illegitimate, that is instead of a blessing to God, is controlling mankind, manipulating and lying, planning to take away your freedoms. What is there to bless? They need to be removed. I want to be like that at the end of Paul. I have fought a good life. I have finished the course. I am ready, Jesus. I want to be able to say with all confidence, I am now ready to be offered. I have fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've done what the Lord has required me to do. The power of that overwhelms me to believe I will finish my life and be able to say I've given ultimate obedience and the fulfillment of God's purpose for my existence. Can you say that? then I think you better start today. Or you're going to be highly embarrassed when you see Jesus. What's more important to you? Well, God knows right now. He knows if you need to change some priorities. Think about the mighty saints who are now with the Lord and think about how they came to their moment of departure in ultimate surrender, ultimate obedience. We can know before we die that we have done what the Lord has required. But we can only know that if we've done it Fully. Partial obedience won't align yourself with the saints. Hebrews 11 talks about the heroes of the Bible, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and many others. Rahab, Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel, the prophets, and on and on. All the work of faith done through the ages of time bring us to the present 
and the faith of men today. What an enormous list must have been written throughout the history of the world. One day we hopefully will join the witnesses who have preceded us. And some of the next generation or two can rejoice in what God has done. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, Wherefore, seeing we also compassed about what is so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, the sin which so doth easily beset us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand and throne of God today. Five, God can go silent. God is a loving father. We all know his blessings, and he blesses in amazing ways, often letting us do the very things we want. But sometimes God chooses to ask you to do what you would not choose for yourself or to go where you would not naturally go. At first, the task may seem too difficult, too mundane, too complex, too far away from family and friends. Rest assured, God is not punishing you with a challenge. He is setting you up for success, even when you don't realize it. But you have to choose whether you will obey or not, ultimate obedience or partial obedience. You can choose a different path and continue to be a Christian. God will not toss you aside if you miss it, but it may take you a long time to hear from God again. Before God changed his name to Abraham, the man Abram chose to do things his own way and fathered Ishmael. God promised him a son in his old age. Because of his age and that of Sarah, his wife, Abram, took things into his own hands to accomplish what God had promised. And God grew silent. God had been a close companion to Abram since he called him an heir of the Chaldeans. But after the birth of Ishmael, God did not speak to Abram for more than 13 years. Genesis 16, 16. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Genesis 17, 1. Now Abram was 99 years old and the Lord appeared to Abram. Yes, God can grow silent on you when you reject his will for what he wants you to do. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him out of Aaron. His father, Tetra, had died, Genesis eleven thirty one through Genesis 12, 4. When you've been meeting with God and following his direction for more than 11 years, you become familiar with his voice. When you abandon your past in your father's house at the command of the Lord, you know obedience. But if you choose to go in your own way, even after intimacy with the Lord, his voice will go silent. You can hide your candle under a bushel basket and cover up your light. Don't be surprised if it's difficult now to hear his voice. We need to continue to flow with God, flow in the river. We need to obey his voice when he calls. Being used of God to extend his rule on earth is much more important than receiving your next blessing. Believe me when I say that being a blessing is the bigger blessing. You want a selfish blessing. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Hebrews 12, 2. One day, you want to look back and you want to say, God, thank you. God, can you give me something you despise? There will be times when the cross you have to bear will be the thing God chooses for you. 
Jesus did not want to go, but he did. Father, take this away if you can, if it's your will, but not my will. You may utterly hate the idea, but you have to take ownership of what God wants you to do. I remember my first wife said she'll never go to Africa. Well, that's exactly where we ended up for nine years. Dying to self. God has chosen something for you that you might not have chosen for yourself, but you must embrace it. You must wade into the river until you no longer continue in your own strength. That's when the Holy Ghost will take over and you can flow. The flow may take you into places of discomfort, difficulty. It may take you to places you despise. But the cross life and the flow of the river are one and the same. Ultimate obedience to the voice of God is the key to fulfilling God's purpose and realizing the joy that he set before you. We only have one life to live and one life to give. Let your one and only life be one of ultimate obedience so you can flow in the river of life to the throne room of God with all the power and authority and harvest that Jesus wants to give you. And he gave to the heroes of the faith. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.